Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast, the newly renamed Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Thanks, mate. Keen for another episode. Last week we had a lot of fun. Looking forward to another one. Sounds like you're pulling all the birds there, uh, Pado. <laughs> yeah, don't tell the missus. <laughs> Let's get into um how we went last week. I think you went well, Pado. Um, I'm pretty sure you said you went well. <laughs> I, I did decently. I uh, didn't do as well as I was looking like doing Sunday morning. Scored 2,184, which was better than last week. Um, it put, puts me at dead 40,000 oh, season. So exactly. getting there. Yeah, cool. I had an okay-ish round. I went 2,241, ranked 3,729. So I went up 352 places. But again, a little bit of drama, had some injuries. But we'll get straight into it. So first game of last round, Collingwood versus Carlton. Grundy. Grundy. I mean, we said it last week, you just don't trade out your primos, no matter what they score. Grundy is what we call an uber primo, which just means when they're in your team, you don't even think about it. If they score a 60 or a 70 or an 80 like Grundy last week, chalk it up into the past and uh, move on. And he got us 135 and was just vintage Grundy that we knew, know and love from the last couple of years. Had a monstrous 51 hit outs. 135 super coach. What more could you want from him? Another one from that game, Pato, that I really liked, and we spoke about him last week, was Jack Crisp. It looked like he was playing more midfield, had almost twice as many center bounces attended. As soon as he did that, he popped out onto the wing. 36 touches, which is just huge. And he had a massive 788 meters gained. 15 contested disposals. I think Buckley is looking to find his right midfield group. We saw Dugowie move forward a little bit more this round and kicked to four goals three, but it's Crisp that is the one that will pop onto a lot of radars now moving into that midfield role. And if he can keep doing that from the midfield group, there's nothing to say Buckley won't keep doing that. And we look at someone like Rory Laird from last year for the Crows, soon as he moved into that midfield group, just got a ton of the footy and he stayed in that midfield role even, even this year. And I, I feel like if he keeps up this performance, Buckley will keep him in there. Another one that we were talking about was Darcy Moore. Now, the thing that we were talking about was Moore and how we're going to basically bounce off each other in the back line. And it looks like the roles are now reversed and Howe is now doing the old Moore role and Moore is doing the Howe role. He came off with, what, 118 average at the moment? And um, he's only priced at 430000 in Supercoach. So do you think he's a viable option? Now, Darcy Moore is someone that I feel like might move around a little bit. We've already seen it with Jordan Degoe, as we mentioned before, and Jack Crisp. Nathan Buckley and his coaching staff, I think, are really going to tamper with this team and look for the right balance as they look to rebuild on the fly. And I feel like Darcy Moore is someone that might move around a little bit. Yeah, yep, 118 average off a 430K player is massive. But I would warn people not to get too carried away with those scores because 
if things are going wrong up forward for Collingwood, he's probably the one that goes forward. And I feel like as a key forward, Darcy Moore will not be averaging anywhere near 118. And as Collingwood look to find what works for them in their best 22, and Jeremy Howe could even go back to his old role. So I would keep an eye on him. If he plays the same role all the way through to the buys, we can definitely look at him as an upgrade option and if he's averaging 105 plus. But Darcy Moore, I would be very careful with him. Another one of those guys that keeps fluctuating between positions is Jordan Dugowie. He started out in the mid. Now he's going up forward again. Bucks doesn't know where to play him. And it'll probably alternate every week. If you've got him, still hold him because he's probably going to pump out one of those huge scores at any given moment. If you don't have him, I wouldn't be one to buy him in. The last one, Patrick Cripps. And I know this one's a big one for you, Pato. How do you yeah. think how do you think he's going and are you gonna hold? Yeah, Patrick Cripps is killing me at the moment. They pumped him up in preseason as someone that is healthy and ready for a big year. Two weeks, two sub 90 scores. I don't know if I can hold him. I'm very tempted. I've got hundred K sitting there in my reserves. I can turn Patrick Cripps into a Tom Mitchell or someone like that. And I am getting very trigger happy. I know we always say don't trade your premiums. I held Patrick Cripps all of last year and it probably cost me in the end. I should have turned him into Jackson McRae, but I didn't. And this year, I don't think I'm going to make the same mistake again. Have you got all of the right rookies at the moment, Pato? I do. I even started Warner, which I'm very pleased about. Um, I don't have McDonald. That's probably the only one that I don't have who is scoring decently. But as a key forward, he'll be a little bit up and down. I brought in Jordan last week as my only corrective rookie trade. I've got all the other ones. I've got Campbell. I've got Golden. I've got all of those guys. So I'm pretty happy with my rookie situation. Cripps is my only standout, like sore thumb. You will get massive regret if he comes out and like starts slapping around 150s, 160s, that sort of thing. So I personally wouldn't trade. I'd wait and see what happens. That's just me, though. Yeah, I'm not sure Carlton really know what they're doing at the moment. And the longer it is a dumpster fire down there... Not sure if I can keep riding it with Patrick Cripps. And that, that way I won't have to watch that rubbish every week trying to hope that Patrick Cripps gets the footy. Speaking of a fucking dumpster fire, the umpiring in the next game, Geelong versus Brisbane, was the most pus thing I've ever seen in my life. Anyway, let's get into the super coach relevancy of it. Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal. Absolute super coach champ last year. Hasn't had the greatest of starts this year. He got tagged very, very heavily by not even just O'Connor. We saw every time anyone from Geelong went anywhere near him, he got bumped, he got pushed, he got swung across the jaw, and that won't happen every week, I don't believe. Now, Brisbane haven't got off to a good start, and Lockie Neal hasn't had good games. Teams might look at that and think, if we can stop Neal, we can stop Brisbane. I don't think personally this is going to keep up, though. I think Lockie Neal's scoring potential is far too high, and I feel like someone that we've got to hold. I'm actually eyeballing him off for that price drop. I've I this round am doing something so that I can have a little bit of extra cash to try and bring him in when he fully drops down to his absolute basement price. But he's someone that you've got to have by season's end, in my opinion. Go to now sharp of the lions a lot of people have questions about whether or not he's actually going to stay in the side now we look at the situation of brisbane and how they can't really fly anyone down i think it's safe to say that sharp's going to stay in the team 
I can't see his run and carry being taken out at this stage unless it's maybe something to do with soreness because he's only a teenager. So, like, it's only going to be for one week, this snap lockdown that they're having in Brisbane. But the implications of it could last a little bit longer. So I think Sharp will stay in for an extra round or two. That's just my take. What do you reckon, Pato? I heard through the Twitter sphere that Brisbane flew a few guys down today in preparation for the border shutting down to Brisbane. And I feel like Harry Sharp is in the scope of getting dropped. I feel like Brisbane haven't had a very good start to the year and Fagan will not cop these poor performances and he will get dropped. That's just my opinion. That's a huge one, though. And we'll go on to a rookie target. Francis Evans, did you actually watch the game, Pato? I watched bits and pieces of this one. Uh, Francis Evans looked all right. The only issue is he plays for the Cats, and because they bat so deep, even their depth, we've seen it the last few years, rookies will come in, play a few games, and, and do a decent job, but then get cut a couple of weeks later after one poor game. He scored well. He looked good. He looked like he belonged in the AFL, but... Hold it one more week, see how he goes this week, because if he has a two-touch game, straight out of the team again. Anyway, we'll go on to the big boy, the one and only Cam Guthrie, the Guth. Pretty solid again. That's all I'll say. He's pretty solid. The Guth. The Guth. I reckon we can make that one stick, Dane. The Guth? Yeah. Doesn't sound like an STI or anything, or kind of does. I mean, does, but... as long as possible. I've got the Guth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, how do you how do you find his game? Geelong, as I said before, bat really deep in that midfield. Guthrie keeps pumping out those scores, though. Got a bit of a soft spot for the guff. <laughs> <laughs> the guff. Oh, the guff. There is one player that I want to talk about though, which is Dane Zorko. One play in that game, the Dane Zorko. I think he was on. 90 or something, or 92. Does a tackle in the goal square. Joel Selwood ducks, drops his knees. Should have either been play on or even a holding the ball free kick to Zorko. So he's either having a shot on goal 10 metres out or it's just play on and he got a tackle. He instead got a free against and then a 50-metre penalty on top of that, which ended up resulting in a minus 26. So he went from like 92, minus 26 down. Instead of being 92 with a tackle on top of it, and then potentially a shot on goal, so an effective kick and a goal. So do not look too much into Dane Zorko's score is what I'm saying. Yeah, only the 64 this week. He had 20 kicks, four free kicks against. He had six clearances, which is huge, but he had the eight clangers and went at 54%. We know Zorko is a lot better than that, and playing, he won't play against Joel Duckwood very often. So uh, I reckon if you've got him, don't stress too much. The whole of Brisbane were pretty down this week. They'll bounce back, I reckon, next week. Yeah, and the other one, Tommy Stewart. Didn't have the greatest game on the planet, but he still kind of keeps going. Yeah, Tom Stewart wasn't huge. I know you mentioned him as a possible VC option on the Thursday night. I bet you're glad that you didn't pull the trigger on that one. But 83, even as a primo in defence, you'll take it. Don't need to panic too much about that one, I don't think. Tom Stewart proved last year that he scores just fine. Move on to the next game. Sydney versus Adelaide. Errol Goulden. Minus 206 break-even this week. I don't think I've ever seen a break-even that low. 
Simply incredible. Now, if you look at if you've got Supercoach Gold, you'll be able to see that he's projected to go up 150,000 just for the week. All of us will have rookies in our team that will go up 150,000 for the whole season. Guys like Nick Cox will be those slow burners. They'll make 150, 200k in 12 weeks. Gordon's going to make that this week and pumped out another huge game. I mean, if you didn't start him, you've got to drop everything in your team to get him in. We said it last week. You have to have him. Another thing that we said, it wouldn't surprise us if Braden Campbell cracks a ton. And what bloody happened? He cracked a bloody ton. Yeah, Campbell was huge. And he played a fairly decent role off that back line last week and just looked a little bit nervous. But, I mean, week two, 118, 21 kicks. I mean, he looks like he's ready to go. He was a top 10 draft pick. He's fine. If you don't have him, you also need to get him in your team. These Swans rookies are looking great. Yeah, they are. Jakey Lloyd. Yeah, once again, don't trade your Uber Primos. And Jake Lloyd, there's a reason why you paid 100000 more than any other defender for him to start him, and that's because he'll get 124 in one of his worst games of the season. He's only warming up to the season. Give him a month and he'll be pumping out those 150s again. Warner, he's in, what, 25% of teams, 82 average. He's got a minus 80 break even. What are your thoughts on Warner, Pato? Have you watched many Swans games? Have you seen the way that he plays? I have not yet, although I will be seeing him in the flesh on Saturday afternoon against the Mighty Tigers. So I'll be having a close look at number one, I hear he's a splitting image of Isaac Heaney, who is also a single-figure <laughs> number on his back. So I'll be getting the binoculars out to make sure I know who's Chad and who's Isaac. Hopefully they can get a sniff of the footy against Dusty and co. Yeah, actually, Warner does look a lot like Isaac. Actually, I, yeah. I never even thought of that at the time. But he does look a player, though. He looks the goods. Someone that didn't really look the goods on the weekend that looked great the week before was my boy Jimmy Rowe. Yeah, Jimmy Rowe. Um, it's the rookie roller coaster, isn't it? I mean, we're going to have these up and down scores all season from these guys as long as they're on the field. James Rowe, he's, he plays in the forward pocket. He'll have games where he kicks goals, but he'll also have games like he did against the Swans. Don't look too much into it. If you fielded him, bad luck. I fielded him. Pretty crazy not to field him after a ton last week, but... Just one of those things that you deal with with the rookies. I'll go to another rookie now in Sam Berry that I said, keep him in your team, get him in if you can, because the kid loves a tackle. He ended up clocking up 10 tackles on the weekend. And all we need him to do is just increase that disposal count and he will crack 100. And I'm just waiting for it. Those tackles are gold. So anyone that doesn't have him and you're looking to like complete that midfield rookie balance, I say get him in. I'm pretty sure he's protected at the moment. There's no return date still for Matt Crouch from what I know of. He looks the goods. And if he keeps tackling the way that he is, he's only going to get better. Yeah, double-digit tackles is absolutely huge. Coaches love that shit, as we mentioned last week. He got 69 and he touched the ball seven times. Now, the one that I look at... He kicked four behinds. Now, if he even kicked half of those, he's looking at 100, 110 off less than 10 touches, at, which is just unreal, especially from someone that's not a key forward. Yeah, if you don't have Sam Berry and you don't have any other issues in your team, no injuries to deal with, if you've got all the other rookies, you could do worse than to bring Sam Berry in. I think his job security is pretty good. And I mean, the Matt Crouch situation is an absolute lottery. We don't know what's going on there, but we know the youth movement down at Adelaide. Sam Berry, I think, is pretty safe. Yep, now, the big one. I said last week, if you had the gonads to bring him in and then put the captain on him, I'd buy you a beer. No one actually messaged me. Some people messaged me saying they brought him in. 
No one had the gonads to put a captain on him, and that is Tex Walker. What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, is it 2017 again? I mean, absolutely huge once again. And you know what? His next few games actually look pretty decent. I think he's got the Suns on this weekend. Now, Sammy Collins, I rate as a really, really good young key defender. But if he can get off the leash again, he's going to make a lot of coin. Negative 114 break even, averaging about 144. He's the number one ranked player in Supercoach. Playing like it's 2017 again. He's got a huge month ahead of him as well. He will make a lot of coin if you have the balls to bring him in. I wouldn't move heaven and earth to try and get him in. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I don't have the balls to get him, in all honesty. I reckon if you bring him in and he starts pumping out 60s, you look like a bit of a nuffy. Uh, But in saying that, if you got wheelbarrow balls those big testicles and you bring him in and he pumps them out, then I say kudos to you. I just don't have those bigger balls. But speaking of injuries, we'll move on to the next game, which was Port Adelaide versus Essendon. Now, I'm going to start off with Caldwell because I have him and I'm selfish. So Caldwell got injured. From what I'm hearing at the moment, everyone was saying four weeks. Someone's now saying six weeks on Twitter. Whether that's true or not, I think anything three plus, you got to trade. What do you reckon? Yeah, you've got to. Uh, I've got Caldwell in Dream Team. Obviously, I'll be looking at someone to bring in. I think if I had Caldwell in Supercoach, I would bring out the wheelbarrow and I'd be bringing in Tex Walker. Uh, If I had all the rookies, which I do, Taylor Walker would be the one that I would bring in, but that's just me. Yeah, well, I still need Warner, so I'm probably going to bring in Warner. (laughs) Um, Probably the more sensible option. Yeah, yeah. But Jordan Ridley, next big one. Absolutely pumping it out. I think he's averaging like 130. He's just taking the piss. I reckon he's a must-have. What do you reckon, Pato? Number one ranked defender so far in Supercoach. He's only in 12% of teams. Now, I'm absolutely spewing. I started him last year. I was huge on him, and I'm kicking myself. I, I went with Jaden Short, who was a bit cheaper as more of a pod option. Spewing, I didn't start him, but he'll be in every team by the end of the year. Go on to a little bit of a POD pick here in Zach Butters. 471k. Absolutely turned it up on the weekend. Yeah, Butters was huge once again on the weekend. I know Port Adelaide have huge raps on the kid. They think he's going to be a star. I would be very careful, though. They played against the Bombers on the weekend. They are fucking woeful. North Melbourne, round one, if you can believe it. They're even worse than the Bombers. I don't even know if that's possible. He had 36 touches on the weekend, six tackles, kicked a goal, had 14 contested possessions, six clearances, and went at 86%. All the shit that champion data absolutely love. I feel like they're grooming him to be a very big player, but I feel like he's probably not ready to play those midfield minutes against the teams that aren't VFL standard. We'll see this weekend how he can do against a big top eight team, and then I think we can make the assessment on Zach Butters. Travis Boak, Benjamin Button, 160 round one, 120 in round two, 590,000. He had a purple patch last year at the start, which I rode. But then he kind of just went down because teams started figuring him out a bit. But then he came good again. That Port Adelaide midfield is very well spread. If he didn't jump on Boak already, I'm actually going to say hold off because his price is going to go up. You'll bring him in. And then the price won't be warranted for the scores that he's going to start pumping out soon. Absolutely agree. I think they've had, as I said before, two pretty easy games the first two weeks. I rate Boke. He's been a champion last year and this year. He had 30 touches, but he's not going to get 17 contested possessions and nine clearances every week. We'll see how he goes against those better teams. And in saying that, Porter going for a flag. They're not going for Supercoach titles. 
they've got bigger and better things to worry about than Travis Bokes going 120 plus every week. That's very valid. On to the next game, St Kilda versus Melbourne. Jack Steele. You can take this one away, Pato, because we were talking about him last week. You want to say something about Steele? Yeah, Jack Steele, as I mentioned last week, I, I took him out last minute. And the guy I replaced him with absolutely sputtered up both weeks. 24 touches, which is quite low for Jack Steele. I don't know, didn't watch the game, but perhaps he floated forward. Three goals is very unusual for Jack. Still got his six tackles, still got his contested possessions with 14. Had a massive game kicking those three goals. Moving on to Highmore. All I'm going to say in Highmore is if you don't have him, bring him in. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Defensive rookies scoring 77. You'll take that every day of the week. Max Gorn disappointed me a little bit. We saw big Matty Flynn got 140 against Hunter last week. And I thought Max Gorn, not even jokingly, could have been a chance at cracking 200 in this game. As it was, he only got the 137 super coach, which, I mean, he did a great job to get that high because half time he was sitting on 44. And I thought, fuck. I've done another number here and put the captain moxie on someone. But he came good, 137. You'll take that as a captain. We'll ignore that he played against Paul Hunter and we'll take it. The interesting thing I saw on the field, uh, Goodwin actually put him behind the ball. So last week he tried to have him ahead of the ball. Gorn was actually struggling to keep up with the pace of the game. Uh, We saw with the rule changes, it has changed the game up a lot. And he made the, the change. He said, Maxi, I want you to get back behind the ball get those intercept possessions, get down in defence, help the defenders out. It worked. The Saints only kicked 11 goals. Max Gorn got his 137, plenty of intercept marks. That's what we love. Just going to move on to Oliver here. He's fucking sexy nice. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. Just yeah, have Oliver. Oliver. Another big one, 37 touches. I mean, this is huge. 21 of those were contested. 11 clearances. I'm surprised he only got 133, but we'll take it. Clayton Oliver, I mean, if he's not the the highest ranked midfielder in the for the season, I'll be very surprised. If you don't have Clayton Oliver, he needs to be one of the first guys you target because he could get to 700K territory. Absolutely agree. Someone who, let's go with, if you ever played AFL Live 2007, a great Dennis Cometti quote from that is, he's like a long jumper who can't make the sand. And that is Christian Petrarca on a 95 average. He just can't get to that 100 at the moment. Are there warning signs, Pato? Do you think that there are warning signs? Because I am concerned. Petrarca's an interesting one. He got plenty of touches, but went at 50%. Nine clangers absolutely butchered it. Now, the interesting thing for me is we saw Petrarca have a huge year last year, polled really well on the Brownlow, and he was always going to. He had a huge year, but that was with reduced games. And I feel like Champion Data really rewarded those guys that had the high impact in less time, not necessarily rewarding those guys that get a 1,000 touches, but rewarding the ones that really use the footy well. Guys like Dusty, guys like Petrarca, Bontempelli, all those sort of guys. Maybe the longer game doesn't suit Petrarca as much as what we or Melbourne thought, and... Definitely one to watch there. Very worst case scenario, he'll be real cheap in about a month and could be a real good target. Yeah. You know who's really cheap right now, though? James Jordan. Get him in. Got 82 for us. Had 20 touches. I'll take that every day of the week from a guy at his price. He's one of those rookies that if you don't have him, I feel like you should be trying to get him in this week before he has his first price rise. Yeah. I reckon he's just going to get those... Those steady 70s to 80s. I'm waiting, though, for that one game where he goes above 100. There won't be many of them, 
but I'm just waiting for it. Yeah, and he had nine tackles to go with his 20 touches. So if he keeps tackling like that, getting plenty of the footy, he's not at any risk of losing his spot in this Demons team. And you know who else isn't going to lose their spot in this team? Iron Defender. Stevie May. Stevie May. He is a bloody rock. He is a rock. Uh, when we're talking real life, he is an absolute rock down back. When he's healthy, 82. We pumped him up a bit last week off that monster score. Um, back down to an 82, which is probably one of his lower performances, I think, that we can expect. He had 600 metres gained, five clangers. I feel like 82 is probably his basement. So don't look yep. too much into that if you either own him or you're looking to bring him in. I think he'll still be a decent option or even a draft option if you've owned him in draft. I think he'll be just fine. We'll move on to the goal. Coast versus North game. Two blokes that we were both talking up. We'll talk about your boy first, and then we'll talk about my boy second. So go with your boy first from the Suns. My boy, Jack Lukosius. This guy, I said it last week, this guy's going to be an absolute star. 110 super coach off just 21 touches, had the eight marks, kicked a goal, kicked the first goal of the game, in fact, playing in that high wing role, half forward, floating around. Big raps on that kid, and rightfully so. I think he's going to be a star and definitely one to look at. That's that Whitfield role that I was telling you about where they go from half back, they push up, and then they like start becoming that link guy into the forward line. And he's yep. he's gonna do it. He's yep, just absolutely he's great. Yeah. 430k. Averaging 106 and in just 3% of teams. We talk about wheelbarrow nuts. If you got wheelbarrow nuts, bring in Lukosius. You could do a lot worse. Well, he was one that I was eyeing off to try and get Caldwell to via DPP links. Just don't have enough cash. And I also don't have enough cash for this guy, which is Jack Bowes. 451k, 130 average, four break even in 2% of teams. And he looks like he is breaking out in front of our eyes. Get on him. That's all I'll say. If you can, if not, I think he's just going to start. He's going to be too expensive by the time that a lot of people can bring him in. So if you've got any injuries or anything like that, if you've got a Caldwell injured and you've got a Nick Cox and you flick Nick Cox, let's say, into the forward line and you've got enough money to get Bose or Lukosius, I honestly say get them. Either one of them's fine because they are breaking out in front of our eyes. Suns usually start the season ridiculously well. But they've had a few seasons under their belts now. I honestly reckon that these two can be those linchpins in defense. Yeah, Bose came from that massive uh, draft in 2016, top 10 pick. He's just hit that 60-game mark, and I feel like he's just ready to explode. 23 years old. I mean, he's everything you want out of a guy that's probably going to break out. If you started him, then, wow, I want whatever you're on. But, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely one to watch for. Not, if not this year, starting next year, but that's way too far down the track. This year, I think, is an option. Something that I'll say that I got wrong was LDU. It's only one game. You had Anderson back. Anderson looked like he was just taking all of LDU's points, pretty much. If you got him, stick with him. He'll be good. But we're now saying in that breakout territory, they can have really down games. And I think this was one of LDU's down games. Won't surprise me if he gets above 100 next week. The other issue with Davies Uniac and any of these North players is they're not going to get close in many games at all. So there's just not many points to go around. And he might have games where he's got 20, 25, 30 touches, but only gets 90-odd because 
all the points are going against a team that are beating them by 100 points every week. So maybe one to watch for the future, but maybe not this year. And another one in that category is Jaden Stevenson. We warned you guys last week about bringing him in. We were thinking about it and then we looked into it and we just said it wasn't worth it. We want to see how his role goes when Anderson and that come in. Only Anderson really came in. Cunnington didn't. Dumont didn't. And already it affected Stevenson's output. So avoid Stevenson, in my opinion. I think you're on the same page there, Pato. Absolutely, yeah. Still two more midfielders to come into that team. And they'll throw guys around here and there. They've got nothing to win this year. So they may as well try some players in funky positions and see if they can get something out of the year. There's another person that we were talking about as well, Tommy Powell. We said that we're waiting for him just to get that little bit of a better game. He ended up getting, I think, about in the 70s, about a 75-ish, was it, Pato? Yep, spot on, 75. Yep, yep. and... Yeah, keep him. you got to have him. He's just going to keep getting played. But the real question that we've been getting is Powell versus Donald because McDonald yeah. kind of seems a little bit of a luxury at the moment to those that don't have him. Who do you reckon you should have out of Powell and McDonald, Paddo? This is this is one I wanted to touch on more from a real-life perspective than Supercoach. But uh, I reckon North fans, I would suggest not watching any Sydney games because if you watch Logan McDonald play, he's going to be an absolute star. And I think Tom Powell had a good game and I think he's going to be a good player. But Logan McDonald's going to hurt you for a long time. But Tom Powell looks like he's going to come into his own from a super coach perspective. I think he'd be a good cash cow for us this year, just sitting on our bench making that coin. He'll keep getting those midfield minutes as well, and he'll score great for us. Yeah. Move on to Jack Zebel. Still played on the halfback flank. No Luke McDonald. How long do you reckon Luke McDonald's out for, Pato? I'm hearing he's out a couple more weeks. They won't rush him back because they've got nothing really to gain. They're no chance of making the finals. I think if you started Zebel, then good on you. That halfback role looks pretty decent for him in terms of super coach scoring. But as soon as McDonald comes back, I feel like he's going to move around a little bit, as we mentioned a bit last week. And I wouldn't be dropping heaven and earth to bring him into your team, except maybe if you had a Caldwell where you can make some coin off that as well as Zebel, whatever he's going to make over the next month or two. But I wouldn't be moving heaven and earth, as I said. Zebel still only scored a 72, though. I mean, he scored 113 the previous week, but then he only got a 72 this week. So unless it's for a cash generation thing and you don't have Warner, I'd even, honestly, I would rather go a McDonald than a Zebel right now. I just don't have faith in Zebel. That's, that's me. I have more faith in Logan McDonald than Zebel. Yep. Interesting take, but I think. You're spot on there. Pato, you can take this next one away. What was the game? You probably watched it. You're probably there. Yep, that's it. With the Mighty Tigers against the once mighty Hawks. Good signs from the Tigers and Dusty Martin. Just Here it comes. <laughs> he looks hungry. And I said it last week, I'm not going to have a circle jerk over Dusty every week. <laughs> but he looks hungry. And I reckon he's gunning for another Brownlow this year. I'm calling it now. 120 super coach doesn't usually like these round two or three games against the shit teams like the Hawks, but did what he had to do. Probably got another three votes here and sitting on six already. What are your thoughts, Dano? Got to have him. Got to have him. Yep. I'm surprised a lot of the teams in the top 100 at the moment actually don't have Dusty. That's very interesting. Now, we'll touch on this a little bit more with the round preview and the captaincy options for the week but i feel like maybe don't trade him in this week i have a bad feeling that sydney are going to target him very closely on saturday arvo he may have one of those games where he scores about 60 hopefully i'm wrong i'm going to the game 
Hopefully we see a dusty masterclass, but do not be surprised if he has one of those poor games and he gets targeted by the Swans. You know who did have a masterclass in this game? The one, the only, Chankuth GF. He was a beast and you don't have him listed down and I'm chucking him in there now. He had 119 super coach. He was a beast. He was. He yeah. looked good. I thought he snapped his hand in half at one stage. He was just going at everything. He's another option for those that have called well if you can get him into defence. Honestly, I didn't watch much of him in round one and he didn't score that great. He only got like a 69 or something. But watching that one game, he was mag bloody nificent. He was amazing. Yeah, and there was raps on him in the preseason too. So if you've got the gonads, I don't think you can really go wrong with him. He might consistently score in the 80s or whatever. He's going to make you money. He's 266000 If you've got something that you want to do in defense. I'm fucking salty that I didn't start him and back my gut because <laughs> he was great yesterday. He was everywhere. He looks like he's playing that Sicily role. His disposal looked pretty decent at times. I mean, he's going to make mistakes. He's young, but he looks very exciting out there, and the Hawks have a good one there. I reckon he's one that sticks out like a sore thumb, just with the way that he just attacks everything. He looks like he's playing his last game of football, like kind of like how Shane Mumford used to just run around there going, I don't give a fuck, and that's the way that Giaf attacks the game, and it's like his life's on the line. It was bloody brilliant. I, I love him as a footballer, and I also really want him in my super coach as well, and I'm really salty I didn't start him. I played around with him a little bit, ended up playing around with Hayden Young a little bit in defence, then got rid of both of them. And now I'm like, fuck. And anyway, now we can go on to your boy Short. Jaden Short. I was huge on him last week, huge on him last year. He's a ripper. He uses the ball so well, 95%. He's taken kickouts. Hawthorne didn't get near the scoreboard really, so he didn't have more of those. But once we start playing some teams that know how to play footy, he'll get plenty more of those kicks out of defence. And 120, I mean, didn't have a lot to do down in defense against the Hawks and pumped out 120. See how he goes against the Swans on the weekend, but I'm glad I started him. Tom Mitchell, I felt like talking with our mate Daniel Bado, Tom Mitchell did get robbed. He got robbed hard. He got 109, got 37 touches. He did have six clangers, but I think Champion Data were looking at his meters gained. And at one stage there, at halftime or something, he had 20 disposals at only like 16 meters gained. Like it was going sideways and backwards a lot. That's the way that Titch plays. He honestly should have been in the 140 range. So if you got him, I still reckon he's gold, but don't be surprised that if he starts going backwards and whatnot, if champion data don't weight that as heavily as him going forwards. Probably deserve to be a little bit higher up in the super coach scores, but if that's his worst game, then you'll be fine. I think we'll have this as Tom Phillips's worst game that I've seen him play. Butchered the crap out of the ball. He's still had 24 touches. If you're a Tom Phillips owner, I wouldn't be too concerned. He's going to have these moments where he butchers it a little bit, but I think his scoring potential is way too high to not have him. I don't have him, but he's 400,000. He's about to go up in price. Break even's 90, so he may make money, but he won't lose money. I think he'll get that. He's not going to play the reigning premiers every week, and I think, hold on to him, don't stress too much. I think he'll be in that top 10 to 12 range as a forward, and he's only 400k, as you said, Dano, so don't stress too much if you've got him. Jarman Impey had a bit of a day out. 212,000. He's going to absolutely skyrocket in price. Negative 62 break even. Another one of those ones where you can go, right, if you're not confident in people, uh, you got a Caldwell that's injured. He's going to be out for six weeks. You've got to trade if they're three plus weeks. Go down to a Jarman Impey. He's not going to score
score over 100 like he did every week. But you know that he's going to be playing every week. He's going to be pumping out scores here and there and he's going to make you money. The other one, Brockman, we're discussing whether or not he will be able to get that one good game in. He got that one good game in. Uh, at one stage, though, when he had the kick after the siren or on the siren, whatever it was, he... <laughs> His score was actually like, I think in the early 60s or mid 60s. And they didn't actually put it on until after scaling where he got into the 70s, high 70s. So I was a bit worried there. But yeah, he's another option. We're starting to get these forward rookies, mid forward rookies that can crack that 70 mark, which is good. So Brockman, if you got him, good on you. If you don't, he's one of those ones where I think you should have him. I don't think he's going to get dropped from Hawthorne uh, unless he has absolute stinkers in a row. But he didn't have a stinker on the weekend. The only thing that you've got a question is Chad Wingard hasn't played the first two rounds is he playing that same role hopefully not hopefully Clark Owen Co saw enough in him yesterday that I saw as an opposition fan watching him play for the opposition he looked good hopefully they get some games into him and he can play in the same team as Chad Wingard well Wingard will either play this week or he'll play next week they reckon wait and see whether or not he gets through his training this week if not he'll play next week so we'll at least I reckon get another week out of Brockman but like like you said, does the wing guard situation change Brockman's role? Does he stay in that team? Does he get kicked out? We'll find out. But at the moment, I think his position's safe while Wingard's not in there. Yeah, hopefully he can get a few price rises at least. Next game for the weekend was the Bulldogs versus the Eagles. Now, I was watching the scores quite closely while I was at work. Don't tell my boss. That fourth quarter looked like it was unreal. I wouldn't mind going back and watching a replay of that tomorrow, perhaps. Josh Dunkley, Jack McRae, they look like they're going to pump out these big scores. Well, we did have Dunkley as one of our options as our left field option for captain last week if you didn't have Gorn, and they scored pretty similar. So we won there. I'll take that. But yeah, Dunkley, set and forget. I don't know why people were concerned about him. That All that Bevo talk was, I reckon, just fueling the fire in him to perform. That's the way Bevo does things. He's a gun. He's going to be top three in the forward line. Got to have him. Jack McRae, got to have him. He's just an absolute fantasy and super coach pig. Yep, same with Bontempelli. He was absolutely huge as well yesterday. The thing I have to question though, Dano, the Bulldogs, we talked about it last week. They bat so deep. They're going to get plenty of points as a team, but is there enough super coach points to spread out all the way through? I believe that there is. You got to you got to pay it where the disposals are. Champion data have to. So I believe that there is. Dunkley and McRae are going to be the autos. Bont's going to be up and down. Caleb Daniel, he showed that he is human. <laughs> I've never seen Caleb Daniel butcher a kick before, and he kicked it straight into the throat of our boy Jermaine Jones, I'm pretty sure it was, who kicked a goal from point-blank range. But if you're getting all those disposals, you have to pay the points. It's as simple as that. And if they're getting that many disposals, I doubt that the opposition's going to be getting that many disposals too. Look at West Coast. They were kind of sitting back and just waiting for the turnovers to happen. And the Bulldogs almost lost. If it wasn't for Bont icing it in that last kick, they may have ended up losing. The points will be there if they're getting the disposals. No questions asked. I think it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on over the next few weeks, Dono, and uh, we'll see see what happens with that. A POD that you've identified there, Pato. Do you want to talk about him from the Eagles? I do love a great POD, and I mentioned him last week. He's had another great score this week. Shannon Hearn. He's in his twilight years, early 30s. 
25 touches, went at 100%, 700 meters gained. You know what? He's averaging 117 and he's in just 1% of teams. He's been really consistent over the years. He doesn't tend to have the 140, 150 games that other defensive premiums do, but you know you're pretty good for 100 to 120 every week from him. Uh, we already touched on Caleb Daniel, but once again, yeah, I, I I think he'll bounce back from this. Yeah, I agree. But we'll go to the last game of the round, the fucking pus fest, which was Fremantle versus the Giants. I'm actually disgusted to talk about this game as a Giants fan, and I'm disgusted to talk about these players, to be honest. But we'll go with Josh Kelly. Honestly, don't know how he actually got as high as he did. He was terrible. I was actually surprised where his disposals came from. I did turn off the game for a portion of it there, though, because I was like disgusted with it. Again, disgusted. Hashtag disgusted. Yeah, I, I don't know where they came from, honestly. He's a concern. But like we said, he can pump out a 200 game at any moment. His worst is still in the 90s. The Giants have to do something against Melbourne next week, and they have to do something ASAP. If not, I wouldn't mind. I'm sorry, Leon, but... At the moment, you're demonstrating that you've got no plan B. It's been the same old, same old for like the last 18 to 24 months. So Kelly needs to get utilised better, as does Timmy Taranto. Why would you put your major ball winner from the first quarter into the forward line, who was the bloke that was getting the ball into the forward line? Timmy Taranto. It made no sense to me. And people were getting really angry with Timmy going from 10 disposals in one quarter to three the next. That's because of Leon Cameron pushing him into the forward line because they needed an avenue to goal. The only thing is Timmy Taranto was the one providing that avenue from the middle. But we'll go back to someone positive. Matty Flynn, minus 145 break even. He's going to make the cashola. Didn't have his greatest game. He's only played two games though, but he was still in the 70s. So what more can you ask from someone at 123K? Yeah, hard to back up 140, but he's not going to play Hunter every week. 78 from 123K Ruckman. I mean, if you're not starting him, like I know you are, Dano, but if you've got him sitting on your bench, the score doesn't matter. As long as he's playing, scoring something more than 30-odd, and he's going to make you money. So bring it on, cash cow baby. Speaking of cash cows, actually, we're not, we won't we won't go down that path. Tanner Brune, I just don't think he's viable. If you got him, don't be surprised if he does get dropped at some stage. He's doing the right things. He's just not getting enough of it. But we're going to one dilemma, which is Nat Fife. Got concussed, big hip and shoulder, slash people saying raised elbow. I think Sam Reed just got two weeks for it, but Fife will have a 12-day break for concussion. Now, we've had someone off Facebook, Jed, okay, James Durkin. He's asked, do we keep or do we trade Fife? There's a 12-day break, that, and he has to make it through, what, three tests at training. In round four, Fremantle play on the Sunday. So skipping round three, he'll automatically miss round three. Round four, Fremantle play on the Sunday. That's a 14-day gap, even from the Monday. So we will know by Saturday whether or not Nat Fife is playing on the Sunday on round four. I am a huge Nat Fife fan, talking in real life. I usually start him. This year, I haven't. I think he's the best player in the comp. Up and going, there's not many better in the comp than Nat Fife. He's had his concussion issues, though. Last year, he had a nasty one. Year before, I believe he also had a bad one. We see with these guys that sadly get these repeated concussions and every one they get, it just gets worse and worse. I would be very concerned if I was a Nat Fife owner with this repeated concussion. And that's even before mentioning that he played a lot forward this game. The young midfielders did very well this this week. Nat Fife owners, 
I would be very concerned. With the Fife thing playing forward, majority of the game, I think the only reason why they did it is because Fife up forward for them, they've got a lack of height at the moment. And Fife can play big. His hands are insane. So I reckon that's the reason why they did it. And I think Fremantle backed themselves with Brayshaw playing on DeBoer. And in the end, I don't even think DeBoer really tagged. He started running with Brayshaw in the second half, but the first half he didn't actually go near him. So, yeah, I'm not too concerned about the Fife playing forward thing. I think he's going to go back into the guts once they get their big boys back. Darcy looked all right up there for him. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't be concerned about Fife. But the concussion thing is interesting when you raise it like that because I, I actually never even considered that I thought, yep, they'll just pass it. It'll be fine. But yeah, the repeat concussion thing, it's a, it is a concern. I'm not necessarily saying trade. I feel like it's something that could turn into a two or three week thing, but Freo aren't going to say that. They're going to say, yep, he'll miss his one game because that's mandatory from the AFL. But I wouldn't be surprised if he fails that second or third test and it does drag on a bit. I hope not. Nat Fife's a champion of the game, one of the best modern-day players that I've seen. I hope he doesn't get succumb to these concussions. Love to see him out in the park, but I wouldn't be surprised. Well, we saw it with Cunnington, didn't we? Cunnington's delayed concussion stuff as well. So, yeah, uh, valid points. We'll go to one of the big dogs of Fremantle, though, which is Brayshaw. He's making that next step right in front of our eyes. He's breaking out. We already spoke about it, but he's averaging 128. He's only 3% owned. It will not surprise me if five owners actually do trade him to Brayshaw. I made a statement to you guys uh, and to you, Pato, that I can see Frio. This is before the season started. Frio going 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh to start the season. They're already 1-1. One and one. So I still back them to go 5-1. and one. They've got one of the softest draws to start the season season and anyone that owns Andy Brayshaw will capitalize from that those first six games after that it gets a bit harder yeah I'm huge on Andy Brayshaw he's in just three percent of teams as you said averaging 128 you could do worse if you are looking to trade five 544k is Andy Brayshaw and he's going to play in the guts I don't think it's too much of a tag target I know DeBoer kind of tagged wasn't a hard tag he's going to be a huge player is this the year he it might be I think next year is probably the year where he'll really explode going into that fourth year but you could do worse I, I think this is actually his year and it's not not a bad option to go with him we'll go on to some questions now before we go on to captain's options we already answered the five keep or trade question we've got another one here we've got one from Ryan okay Ryan SJ off Facebook will we see a leggy like Shane Warne again a leg spinner <laughs> Wrong podcast, dickhead. <laughs> Ryan's a mate of mine. He's just been an absolute knobhead, but we love him. But do you reckon that we'll ever see a leg spinner like Warney again, Pato? SK Warn. Now, absolute legend. One of a kind, I think, both on and off the cricket pitch. He loved a durry, loved a meat pie, but you know what? He'll fucking get you out. And absolute champion. We'll, I don't think we'll see someone like Shane Warne in our lifetime. Yep, fair enough. Valid point. Ryan, you're a dickhead. Anyway, let's move on. We've got another one from James Durkin, a.k.a. Jed, off of Facebook. Duggan to more. Is it a smart move or is it just another bullshit sideways trade? Yep. Our good mate Jed asked us this one. The answer, short answer, it's risky. We mentioned Darcy Moore before when we spoke about the Collingwood game. I think his role can change around a bit. Now, 
Duggan's averaging 63. If you've got him, you probably have to jump off before he leaks cash. Is Darcy Moore the right option? I'm not sure. It's risky. It could pay off, but I feel like there's probably better options. I would prefer Lukosius to Darcy Moore, personally, if I had Duggan. This is why I wasn't on Duggan in the preseason, because everyone was going, yeah, he's playing midfield. I was like, well, what happens when Shuey comes back? Shuey hasn't even come back, and Duggan's been playing shit. Honestly, he's been puss. So, Shuey should be back this week, by the way. Duggan ain't going to be playing that much mid, and even if he is, he's been playing trash. So, you could almost go a sideways trade to Bose, who's playing absolutely unreal, who I reckon's about exploding in front of our eyes. You could do, yep, Lukosius. Yeah, I'll... I'll <laughs> I'm just, I just can't get around more. I just can't do it. I'd have to see more from more. Uh-huh. I'd have to see more uh-huh. from him before I would suggest him as a trading option. I think if you've nailed all the rookies, Jed, go Duggan to Lacocious, Bose, someone like that. But Darcy Moore, I would wait and see. Give him another month, see if his role stays the same, and then we'll see from there. We're not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. We will give you guys some suggestions and some left field options. So round three, first game now at Marvel Stadium is Collingwood versus the Lions. Left field option, Taylor Adams if you got him. Not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Now, I'll throw a right field one at you. Yeah. One that seems probably pretty obvious. Big Oscar McInerney went down last week. Probably won't play this week. Brody Grundy. I feel like he might have another monster game and might even go higher than when he's 135 that he got last week. I think you're right in that Grundy's going to slap this thing around, silly. Second game, the absolute blockbuster game of the round. Friday night football at its best. It's North Melbourne versus the Bulldogs. Yeah, whoever's decision it was to give North Melbourne a regular marquee game on Good Friday, I hope they don't have a fucking job again. (laughs) One won't be very fun to watch. The Doggies will absolutely slap North Melbourne silly. If you've got Dunkley, if you've got McRae, they could score about 300 in this game. Even Bontempelli, just take your pick, one of those three. Yeah, I can't think of anyone from North. No. Now, if you're looking at North Melbourne players for a captaincy option, then probably delete your team. Next game. This one's an intriguing one. I say that a lot. This one's an intriguing one, I've just noticed. Adelaide versus the Suns. Yeah. Uh, last year, if you had told me that Adelaide versus Gold Coast would be a pretty good game this year, I would have laughed your head off. I don't know if there's any captaincy options in this game. If you're bringing in Tex Walker, it might be worth a cheeky vice captain. But it, you know what? I mentioned it before. Sammy Collins is a very good defender, and I'm not sure he'll get off the leash like he has in the first two weeks. But once again, I'm happy to be proven wrong on that one. Have the balls, people. VC Tex. I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> you know what's better than a beer, Dano? Having a shout at $1,000 weekly prize. And uh, if you're VCing Tex Walker against Sam Collins, you're probably not a shout at it. <laughs> Valid point. <laughs> if you're one of the very, very few owners that have Jack Bowes, there's a VC option right there if you've got the absolute gonads. VC's there because later on, if you back your C, putting your C down for a reason. And I've got an absolute shoe in for a C this week, but that's in a later game. So we'll move on to the next one. Richmond versus Sydney. Yeah, mentioned it before. Dusty, I wouldn't put the VC or C on him. I have a feeling he's going to get tagged very heavily. Jake Lloyd's one that might have a big game, but he scored 102 last year, 111 the year before against the Tigers. That forward pressure from guys like Rioli and Castagna can cause him to cough it up a little bit. It's at the G, so he's going to have a little bit more room to move. Usually that game is played at Marvel when we play the Swans in Melbourne. That could come into play, but 
I wouldn't look at Lloyd as a captain. Do we look at someone like Gordon? Dano, is it too early? You actually read my mind. If you got the balls, Errol Goulden, is he better than Raul at this stage? Wow. I know Raul got that 170-odd, I think it was in round two, round two or round three. So if Errol can go another 130-plus game, that's huge. And we got that blanket rule of 130. So he could be a VC option. He absolutely could. I tell you what, if Gordon gets over 130 against the Tigers, I'll captain him next week. Big call by Pato. 130 plus for Gordon. He'll captain him in round four. Heard it here first. But yeah, the other one's just dusty. I honestly, with previous scores and dusty, I think this is the one season where you can disregard his previous history. Like I said, he hasn't had that trip to Vegas and he's got that personality that when he sets his mind to something, he goes big at it and he goes big in Vegas. He didn't have Vegas. Apparently, he went big all preseason. He went absolutely massive, put all his time and effort into it. He's come out in good nick. He's running out games. He's doing that last four-minute dusty-like crap where he can just do what he wants. Honestly, would not surprise me if he goes big again 66 last year 115 in 2019 62 in 2018 i won't be touching dusty as a captaincy option obviously i'll have him on field because he's dusty but wouldn't be looking at it personally vc option no no okay <laughs> i i reckon he's a half decent vc option but we have to blatantly ignore his previous history we'll go to the next one essendon versus st kilda if you got jack Steele, probably a good time to slap the vc or c on him because essendon's mids are going to be struggling. Yeah, not a bad shout. I don't think there's any other relevant plays in that game as a captaincy option, but yep, Jack Steele after a big game. Yeah, Essendon won't have Shield, they won't have Caldwell, and they've got no Sammy Draper. They might actually hit a target then from midfield, don't know. Oh, zingers. West Coast versus Port. <laughs> Travis Boke, if you got him, again, yeah, just roll with it. Just roll with it. He's an option. I can't really think of anyone else in this game. Tell you what, if you even ignore Supercoach, this is a game I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a ripper, I reckon, over in Perth. Port Adelaide are absolutely flying. Their fans are up and about because they beat Essendon and North. What do you fucking do? Yeah, I can I can honestly only see Boke. There's one left field option, which could be Butters. Again, though, he did get that huge score against Absolute Puss, and so did Houston. I'll just stick with Boke. He's the more reliable of the three for a VC option. Wouldn't really go with C on him though. Carlton versus Frio. Brayshaw, if you got him. Yep, against that pathetic midfield at Carlton. Yeah, Brayshaw could be an option, absolutely. The other one I'd be potentially looking at if you were an owner, Luke Ryan. Mm. Luke Ryan. In just 10% of teams, averaging 92, but I tell you what, 162 against the Blues last year. Now, if you think they were crap last year, they're even worse this year. And Luke Ryan <laughs> could go big again if you own them. That <laughs> Well, funny you should mention crap last year and crap this year. I'm going to go with Patrick Cripps as a captaincy option. Take you back to round 12 last year when Cripps actually was playing pretty bad. He got 119. In 2019, he didn't play against Frio, but then in 2018, he got 109. So he's actually averaging over 100. Everyone that's trading him out, I reckon 
Cripps is going to go, nah, fuck you guys. I'm going to actually beast for a change and probably slap out a 140 or some bullshit. And everyone else will be like, ah, fuck, we traded him. Usually that's how it goes. There's no real thought to it. It's just one of those super coach karma things. That's my Carlton option. I was just thinking then though with Carlton, will they get Ed Kerno to actually tag Brayshaw? It's an interesting one. Uh, Kerno struggled finding a role in that midfield without tagging. Is it something they look at? They've got to do something because they're looking pretty shitty at the moment. Hopefully, I don't regret trading Crips out if I do end up doing that. You've got me thinking now, should I trade Crips out or should I hold him? I want to trade him out. Please don't convince me otherwise, Dano. Two left field options. Sam Walsh, absolutely killing it. He looks like Carlton's only shining light. He could be an option. The other one is... Adam Chera. Chera is actually playing all right. He will never get tagged. He'll either be Brayshaw or Fife. Fife's not in, so Brayshaw will cop the tag. He won't cop the tag. Chera is just plodding along nice, and it would not surprise me if he goes big as well. We'll go over to the match of the round. Not really. Giants versus Melbourne. Look, I usually say Josh Kelly's an option. He still is, but far out. I just can't touch a Giants mid at the moment with the captaincy. Loop. Maxi going up against Flinney. Could be an option. That's probably who I'm looking at as a captain. The other one I could be looking at is Clayton Oliver. That's Um, my guaranteed. He will be my captain this week. Guaranteed, Dono. You've guaranteed on that one. He got the Dano stamp of approval. He's going to go 130 plus. I know it. Interesting. But... The final game, Easter Monday, Geelong versus Hawthorne. These are always crackers. So, look, do we have much word on Mitchie Duncan? No, he played in the VFL practice game on the weekend. Uh, at least he should have played, unlike his teammate in the 3-5, but we won't go into that one. What, Datrick Pangerfield? Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, if Duncan if Duncan plays, it won't surprise me if he comes out. Like, no, no one will have him, but he's an option for, I don't know, if people want to pull the trigger on Fife and have a massive POD and just roll the dice on Duncan, hoping that his body's right. He is absolutely insane. He'll never get tagged. You can always roll it with Duncan if he plays. The other one's Tom Mitchell. Do we have any left fielders in there? Like my left oh. fielder's probably probably um probably Duncan because no one will have him unless you bring him in I've for five. A, I've got a left field for you, Dano. It's not Gelwood. It's not. Oh good. It is Tommy Stewart. You're now, taking my, my left fielder from last week. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Hawks like to bomb it in long and just hope for the best. And with not very much of a forward line, Tommy Stewart might absolutely mop up on Monday and wouldn't surprise me if he went 130 plus. You're going to put a stamp of guarantee on it? Not got the ball <laughs> to put the stamp of guarantee. My captain's playing on the Sunday in uh, Clarent, but... Would be a very good left field one if you've got Tommy Stewart. Look, to be honest, if anyone's playing their C on the Monday, I think it's just going to be Tom Mitchell. There's going to be no other options. Yep, unless they do the tag like they did against Neil and send O'Connor to him, could be an option. But I think he's still going to get those touches in and around the ball and feed it out to the guys who can't find a target. So, Yep, pretty much. So that's a wrap for us at the Supercoach Co-Captains. I am Dane. I am Paddo. And these are your co-captains signing off.